morning, everybody. We're, today we're, welcome to Orange Crest Community Church. We're wrapping up this series on Sunday, on Sundays. Like why, what do we do on Sundays? Why do we do what we do on Sundays? And you've just seen kind of a collage of, of uh, a small sampling of, of the people who, who actually play a huge role in making Sundays happen here week in and week out. That really is just a sampling of, of our volunteer force. We have um, just a large number of volunteers here. And so over the last few weeks, we've been kind of unpacking why we do what we do on Sunday mornings here and why is it so important. Our goal is to really, is, is not just to pull back the curtain and explain why we do what we do, but also to, you know, in these weeks, to invite you to participate with us and to help move forward the mission that Christ has given to us as a church. And so, uh, this is what we've been talking about over the past few weeks. We looked at how we, we come and we tune our hearts. We, we, we kicked off this series by looking at singing and asking the question, why do we sing together? We spend an awful lot of time singing together. This is, this is very different. I mean, most, the only other time you'd gather and sing like this is probably like a concert, going to see a band or something like that. And so this is very different. Why is it different? We answered that question a few weeks ago. And Sundays when we sing, it reminds us our whole life, belongs to God, and singing has a way of reminding us of His truths in a very specific way. We, we, we're reminded of God's truths. We declare His praises. We declare how good He is. We, we sing and we give praise to Him for His character. We looked a few weeks back at how we engage with God's Word, the Bible, and how the Bible is really take center, is what takes center stage in our church life, but on Sunday mornings, we want, we want you to know and understand God's Word, but we don't want you just to know it so you'd learn more about it. And walk away kind of being, you know, have some, you know, new thoughts. We really want you to walk away and be changed. We want you to, to take in God's Word and to wrestle and engage with it and then to ask God through the service, God, what is it you're trying to say to me personally about this? What is it you're trying to do in me personally? The last thing we want is for people to come here and agree mentally and then walk away and get home and relate in a way that's contradictory to what God is telling us in the Scripture. And so we want people to to see how it applies to our life and then go and to put it into practice. And last week we talked about giving back and how how when we give an offering, you know, something we do regularly is we receive an offering, that when we do that, we're, we're reminded of how important God is. We're, we're reminded of how He owns it all and it gives us a chance to partner with Him to accomplish some of His purposes in the world as we give. And so what we're doing today is we're talking about why do we serve together? Why is serving such a major component of what we do on Sundays? And the short answer is, you know, without people serving, we just could not do all that we do here. As you saw in that video, there's just, that's just some of the faces of those who help, you know, build and put together what we do on Sunday mornings. When we first started this church, it's been about nine years. And when we first started, we had a very small team of volunteers. And many people had three roles at minimum. You know, it was like you were responsible for getting the trailer there, for unloading the trailer, setting up the chairs, and then, like, greeting people. <laughs> and now it's like we were able to really zero in on specific things and, and give people rest and breaks and serve for a month on and a month off. But back then it was, people were wearing multiple hats. Anytime we had a new uh, family or an individual that said, hey, hey, I'd like to help out, they'd see us working and I'd like to help out. You know, we'd say, great, you know, how about, you know, you be the chairperson and there's there's a hundred chairs, can you set those out? And I don't think everybody was always expecting that, you know what I mean? I think they were thinking, can I like... 
I don't know, shake a hand. But we were like, we got we got to get this thing up and running quickly. And so we just had a variety of, of, of people that God's provided. People step in to help us kind of build this team out. Here's some of the teams who make Sunday go, in case you're wondering. You saw a lot of these on the video there. But we have a facilities team, which our facilities team sets up classrooms. They build signs. They put signs on in the community, kind of directional signs. They also put signs on our on our, you know, in our buildings here, just so that people know where everything is. Where's worship? Where's kids ministry? Where's restrooms? Um, so our facilities team, they, they pull out cases from our trailer. Sight and sound team, very important team. Don't want to forget about them. They're in the back. If I forget, they could just shut us off right now. <laughs> and, uh, you know, they're in charge of our visual display, rolling out all of our cables, making sure sound is getting from the back, you know, or from these instruments out to you all here, making sure that you can all track with the messages, the lyrics, the verses. And so they play a critical role. There's a link between them and, and what goes on on the stage. We have the worship team, those who are leading us in worship, and really they're help prompting us to worship God. You know, we're not worshiping them as the worship leaders, but they're prompting us to, to worship God, to join in and to sing. Um, they, they practice on Saturdays. They also practice during the week to just prepare their individual parts. We appreciate the, the role that they play. We have our first impressions team, which this team is helping connect uh, all of those who would step foot on this, you know, in our church. They just connect with people. They're greeting them. Extending a handshake, they're offering a name tag because we want people to know that they matter. We want to learn people's names. We want to get to know people's lives. And, and so we want to make sure everyone's first experience is a good one. So First Impressions helps with that. They also receive the offering. Uh, we have our refreshments team. They're, they're brewing coffee. We all drink a lot of coffee and lemonade here. And uh, we eat a lot of donuts here at least once every six weeks. We, six weeks we eat a lot of donuts. So they're just making sure that whole experience is a pleasant one. We connect around food. Um, as people, don't we? I mean, you know, having a, a coffee in your hand and, and a donut in the other hand, I mean, it just gives you a chance to kind of settle in here. And so they help with that. We have a kids' zone ministry and a nursery. In kids' zone, we have many teachers who every week they teach our children about who God is. This, this is a critical thing. They play a critical role here in our church. Uh, we have gender-specific classes for boys and for girls to learn and to and it really allows... Uh, the adults who have kids to worship God and to be able to focus. And so it's, it's, it's harder to focus. If we didn't offer that, if we didn't provide that, it would be very difficult for everyone to focus. And so we provide Kids Zone for that purpose. Nursery team plays a critical role. They're holding our youngest attenders of this church, you know, and they're, they're helping to care for our youngest attenders. And, and they do this in a way to give peace to parents so that they're, again, freed up to be able to attend worship. We have a safety team. Safety team, um, you don't often see the role that they play, but they help provide a safe, secure, and really a protected environment for everyone who walks through our doors. And so they play a critical role in just keeping us safe here. Um, you know, and, and so we appreciate the role that they play. There's, there's a bunch of other teams. There are many other teams that um, help us accomplish our mission. We have a decor team, a prayer team, a photography team, a men's and women's ministry team that hold events for men and women. We have a special events team. We have a student ministry team. And so, and there may be some that I'm missing, but those are kind of our, our core teams where our volunteers play a role um, here on Sundays. And all of these roles, this meets more than just a functional you know, role and operation of our church. This message happens to be the very last message in this series. And in a way, what we're doing is we're kind of like rolling the credits 
of how everything goes together on a Sunday. So, you know, after a film, they roll the credits. This is kind of like rolling the credits of how does what happened on a Sunday, how does that all come together? After a movie, I usually stick around. I like to, if I stay for the credits, it's it's because I'm kind of curious about who are those leading actors. You know, I'll notice someone, maybe you've been there and you're like, this, this person looks really familiar. And then you realize, oh, it's so-and-so. That was, you know... Robert De Niro. I mean, usually you're not going to mistake Robert De Niro, but, but you know, you have those, those times where you're surprised. You see the credits roll and you see, I had no idea that that was so-and-so. Um, and, you know, we're, we're looking at that leading cast, you know, maybe the director, all of that. And sometimes it's a shock. Sometimes it's a, it's a major shock. Like, I recently realized that this guy here, okay, here's a picture of, a, of an actor. He's been a leading actor in several films. Um, his name is Christopher Plummer. Okay, He played the great-grandfather in National Treasure. Okay, And I don't know if you watched the movie National Treasure. I enjoyed that movie. It's kind of like an Indiana Jones treasure hunting type of thing. And he, he's the great-grandfather in the scene where he's, he's up in the attic and his great-grandson is snooping and, he, and he, he catches his grandson snooping and he starts telling his grandson about this treasure that he and his family has been hunting for, for years and years and years. And he's got a really brief role in that film, but he's, he has this face in that film and I'm like, I know I've seen that guy somewhere. And uh, do you know who this guy is though? Like, what did he play in early on? What was his, his major role? Yeah, The Sound of Music. So here's the, here's the Captain Von Trapp from The Sound of Music. And, uh, I mean, have you, who's seen this movie before, The Sound of Music? Now, I have a sister who's older, and she's a singer, and so this was, like, often playing at our house, so The Sound of Music, and so I was used to this, and I knew, like, that's why it made sense. He, he was that, he was that actor. We, we tend to pay attention to the leading cast and stars. You can take off Mr. Von Tropp there, yeah, thank you. But serving in our culture... Receives low credit. The leading cast and stars, they get all the credit. The servants in our culture, they get low credit. We know work is required to get anything done, but typically serving is, it seems lowly. In fact, some of Jesus' disciples, they wanted to make sure, there's a certain point, they wanted to make sure that in the kingdom of God, since they were so close to Jesus and such close friends to Jesus, they, that they would have prominent and key leading roles in the kingdom. And I want to show you a passage of Scripture. You can flip there. It's the passage I'm referring to is, is Mark 10, verses 42. It's actually Mark 10, verses 35 through 45. But I'm going to cover, I'm going to tell you a little bit about some of it, and then we'll look at some specific verses. But this comes up toward the end of Jesus' ministry. It's actually days before His triumphal entry. So days before His final week, okay, before His crucifixion. He's heading into Jerusalem, and Jesus, He... He knows that things are winding down in his ministry. He knows all of what's about to happen. And he begins to... Now, place yourself there. Put yourself in the shoes of the disciples for a moment. Jesus is heading into Jerusalem. He has a specific purpose. He's fixed his, his gaze towards Jerusalem. He needs to get to Jerusalem because that's where he's going to pay the ultimate price. So as he's heading there, he begins to tell the guys, Guys, I'm about to be arrested. I'm about to be mocked, I'm going to be flogged, I mean, basically whipped with whips that have spikes on it. I, my, my flesh is going to be you know, whipped. I'm going to be beaten. I'm going to be spit upon. I'm going to be insulted. And then I'm going to be crucified. Now, put yourself there 
you know, you're in that huddle and the disciples are listening in. What would you say at that point? No, not you. Why? Like, of all you've done, after all we've done, like, there's got to be another way or, you know, well, what would you say? You know, or wow, you would do that? Why would you do that? Here's what they say. He's like, I'm about to be arrested, mocked, beaten, and crucified. Almost like they hadn't heard anything that Jesus just said. As soon as Jesus finishes saying he's about to be crucified, James and John, these two brothers among the disciples, they speak up and they said, Hey Jesus, yeah, will you do us a favor? When you establish your kingdom, can we kind of be like your co-leaders in heaven? Can, can we be kind of like the, the co-leaders, the co-regents? Can, can we be in charge of something like leadership? Can we be on the the leading team? Kind of like, you know, Jesus, we know you're the king and they've seen him do all these amazing things. They saw his power. They recognize that this is not just an ordinary person. You know, we realize that you're center stage, but can we kind of be, James and John, can we kind of be like the right hand and the left hand guys here in the kingdom? After all, we're close. You know, we've been with you through a lot. Now, the other guys, the other disciples, they hear this dialogue going on and they are outraged. They're outraged. You want to know why? It wasn't because they weren't, you know, concerned. And they're like, James and John, how dare you say that? He just told us he's about to die and you're talking about playing prominent roles in the kingdom. They were outraged because they didn't speak up first. It was almost like they missed their chance to get their names in the mix. They missed it. James and John beat him to the punch and so they were outraged at that. And in their mind, all the disciples and everyone's thinking, look, we're just as entitled to as much as James and John, because after all, we've been with you as long. So we're we're entitled to just as much. Don't leave us out. And here was Jesus' response in verse 42. Jesus says this. Jesus called them to him. He called them to him. And he said to them, you know that those who are considered rulers of the Gentiles lord it over them and their great ones exercise authority over them. He's, he's basically saying, this is how it is in the world. You know, this is the way of the world. The Gentiles, the leaders of the, the rulers of the Gentiles, they lord their power over others. The words here in Greek have to do with basically lording it over or ruling over people in this way. It's like you've got your, your foot and you're stepping on someone's neck who is subservient to you. And you're keeping them below you, making sure that they know their place. You, you, you're the ruler. You have all the power. In other words, if you are the ruler, you're entitled to rule. He's saying this is the way of the world. If you're the ruler, it's yours. You can rule. You have all the power. James and John are like, exactly. That's why we want to put our name in the mix to make sure we're rulers in the kingdom. But then Jesus, he replies in this way. Verse 43, Jesus says, but, you know, that's the way of the world. But it shall not be so among you. It's not that way in my kingdom, he says. It's not going to be the way of the world in my kingdom. And then he says, but whoever would be great among you must be your servant and whoever would be first among you must be slave of all. Jesus basically says, look guys, you want to be great in the kingdom? You want to be a real leader? You want someone, you want to be someone with real authority? Then here's the way that it looks in my kingdom. This, this point is in your listening guide. It's this. Servant is the greatest title in the kingdom. This is what he's saying. If you really want to be great, then you'll be the servant. You see, if we're talking about the movie credits 
After this life is over, Jesus is saying, look, the servants will be rewarded in full in the kingdom. Those who serve. I don't claim to know all the details about how that will look for those who serve well in this life. But Jesus is saying, the servants, the slaves, they're going to be great in the kingdom. Jesus promises, servants here will be great there. But it looks very different than the world. And the way that we think. Even here on earth though, there's a blessing. There's a blessing for those who serve. Serving allows us to do some things. And I want to show you some of the things that, that lay out that, that blessing. Serving allows us to develop deeper relationships. For those of you who serve here, or if you've served in other churches before, think about all the people that you've gotten to know better as you serve shoulder to shoulder with them. As you've helped move forward Christ's mission. And you realize, well, I'm doing something that I know it serves a greater purpose. And as I, as I team up with other people, I start developing deeper friendships and relationships with those people that I serve shoulder to shoulder with. We've had some, some Sundays. It's pretty rare, but it does happen here. We, we are a portable church, as you saw from that video. This building belongs to the city of Riverside. We, we merely get here, set it up, tear it down in a, in a short window of time, as you saw. And we've had some Sundays where the, the team or the guy that pulls the trailer, he gets to the trailer and he finds out the tires are flat. <laughs> or there's a tire flat or something really wrong, like the truck won't start. And then it's like, usually it used to be in the old days, I'd get a phone call and then I'd call like the Delta Force crew. I'd call, the, you know, so-and-so and so, can we all meet there and let's try to fix this problem. You know, scrambling with jacks, trying to change tires. Maybe it's like, we got to find another truck that can pull this thing quickly. We've got to wake up so-and-so because we know they got a strong truck that can pull that trailer. And... And what often happens, though, is by the time we get the trailer here, there's a crew of people waiting out front, just like, let me at them, let me at them. They're just like waiting, because they know we're behind. We may be half an hour late, and there's a crew of people just ready to go. Trailer gets there, and then like, like a team, everyone just pulls hard together, works really quickly. You know, I don't, I don't think there's been a single Sunday where where that has happened, where we weren't able to still have service, and guests who showed up had no idea that a tire was blown or that there was a problem that morning. Because the team pulls together, and they go shoulder to shoulder, and just, God gets all the credit for that. A team. But through that, as you as you work hard, whether it's loading cases, or brewing coffee, or holding babies, or adjusting lighting, as you go shoulder to shoulder, and you, as you help... You build deeper relationships with people. Another thing is, another one of the blessings that we receive is other people are blessed. You, you get to be a part of serving people. As you, as you serve and use your gifts or as you meet the needs that exist here, the church family, others, they're just they're blessed through it. By blessed, what I mean is it's a joyous experience for people to come to church here. When they come, when they worship, when they enjoy that cup of coffee, when they... When we serve well, people are just really able to connect with God and with one another. And a lot of times, this is the highlight of people's weeks. Because we all have those weeks where we're coming out of a really rough week, and this can be the highlight. And so you get to play a part in that. The third thing is, we experience a mission greater than ourselves when we serve. That's another one of the blessings. I can't think of anything more important than to be able to impact lives for eternity. And some of the things that you and I do here on this earth, some of the ways that we work so hard, you know, some of the things we give our time to and our resources to, you know, they may have a year-long impact. We, we may put all of this energy into it. It might just have one year shelf life. And then it's forgotten. 
Other things you might work really hard, it might have a decade-long shelf life and then it's forgotten. But when you're serving other people and you're pouring out your time and energy into serving and moving for forward God's purposes and lives are impacted, that's for all eternity. And you, we don't see the links. We don't see the way that my brewing coffee impacts the life change and the generational impact of children and grandchildren and neighbors. And There's all of these, you know, these links that we just don't we don't necessarily see, but we know there's something bigger going on that God's allowing me to be a part of. So that, those are some of the benefits. Now with serving, there's also a cost. So there's a blessing, and then there's a cost. Here's the cost. Verse 45, Jesus says it this way. He says, For even the Son of Man came not to be served, but to serve, and to give His life as a ransom for many. He, he says this, Look guys, watch me. Let me show you the cost involved in service. And the title that Jesus used for himself was the Son of Man. So he's, when he's saying the Son of Man, he's talking about himself. Okay, he's just saying, look, for even the Son of Man, basically he's saying, I came not to be served, but to serve. He's saying, this was my mission, to be a servant. And Jesus served people tirelessly during his three years of, of ministry. He had three years of public ministry and he was just pouring himself out. He would heal people, he would minister to people, he'd listen to people, he would wipe the dusty feet of his disciples. And in that, he took the role of a servant. He would be available to people from sun up to past sundown. And he'd get up, you know, before the sun was right, was even up, he would get up and he'd steal away for a moment so he can get some time to, to pray and connect with his father. And then his disciples would hunt him down and say, hey, there you are. Everybody's looking for you already. And it's like, here we go again. And just days of ministry and pouring himself out in service. But then the climax of his service was his death. When he died, that was the ultimate act of service. This is the death of Jesus. He voluntarily laid down his life as a ransom. Here's what the word ransom means. This word only occurs twice in the New Testament. It basically means the price of release. That's what a ransom is. It would refer to the, basically, to the payment that would affect the release of a slave or to, to set a captive free from bondage. And basically, everyone on planet Earth has this in common. We find ourselves because we're sinners. We find ourselves under God's judgment and we're held captive under the power of sin and the power of death. And no one has the ability to set themselves free. And so what Jesus did is He died. And Jesus' death, it was, it was a substitution. It was a payment, a substitution. Jesus' substitutionary death is what paid the price for, for people to have freedom from sin and freedom from death. And the penalty, he took that upon himself. Now, now his death didn't set the whole world free. When he died on the cross, the whole world wasn't released from it. But many, since that point, have found freedom through his ransom, through his ultimate act of service. Many have said, I want to respond to Jesus. I want to follow him as Lord. I receive him as my Savior. Thank you for saving me. Thank you for dying for me. I want to serve you with the rest of my life. Many of us here in this room, we've been rescued through this act. And what's most amazing to me is that this act of service and sacrifice, this was the God of the entire universe who did this. You know, He became flesh and blood and He was entitled to be served. If anyone deserved to be served while He was on earth, it was Jesus. Because, you know, He's God. But He said, look, I came not to be served, but I came to serve and give my life up as a ransom. This came at great cost to our Savior. And think about the challenge that He's giving James and John and the disciples and ultimately to all of us. Basically, here's the challenge. Guys, this is to them and to us. I know you all feel entitled to your time, 
to your energy, to your possessions. And then you also feel entitled to the credit when you do pour it out. But I want you to use what you've been given to serve those who really need it. Use what you've been entitled to serve those who who really need it. You see, for those of us who've been set free from the penalty of our sin and death, there's those that really need to experience that freedom that have not yet experienced it. So when we serve, we're we're, we're partnering to, to see that happen. We want to see more people ransomed and come to know Jesus Christ. Can you imagine what it would be like if we followed Jesus' example? That's what the disciples did. They saw, they heard what he said, it challenged them, and then they saw him pay with his very life. And then they, they got it. They saw that example, they followed it. They embraced this lifestyle of service. And now we, we're enjoying the blessing. We're enjoying the blessing of being served through the history of Christians who have been serving and pouring out their lives. The first few hundred years of Christianity was all about people putting others' needs ahead of their own. Putting other needs first. And that type of servant lifestyle, it shined so brightly amidst a very, very dark pagan culture that was self-serving. The Christian lifestyle of service, it shines brightly. So just imagine, what, what would that look like? What could God do through us if we all served through all of our lives? And how could we do anything less out of gratitude if we've been ransomed by Him? And what's so inspiring to me is that so many people here, you know, you pour your lives out. You serve. You're you're sacrificing. And we just really thank God for you. I'm deeply, deeply grateful for... For those of you who are just, who are doing that, who are serving. And a lot of it, you just, you do that faithfully and you don't get a lot of credit. You're not, you're not getting the, the credit of the leading cast and the actors. You, you don't always get the credit for all those things. When we launched this church nearly nine years ago, we had ideas on paper of how this was going to happen and how we could start a new church. But more importantly, we had a group of people who were willing to step forward and begin to serve. And then God provided more people who said, I'll join with this and help move this thing forward. And th- we just thank God for all of you who serve. And, and so, you know, we're going to roll the credits. Here they are. Ready? All right, take them off. Too small to read. It went by really quick. But we we really thank God for all of you. The truth of the matter is when it comes to serving, Jesus says, it's not here. We're not doing it for the credit here. There's a blessing. There's some blessing here, but you want to be great in the kingdom, you want to be first, be servant of all. Be a slave. Put yourself lower than anyone else and just serve and pour it out. And if you're currently... You know, if this has stirred you in some way and you're thinking, you know, I'd like to learn more about that. I'd like to plug into that. We would love for you to join in, reap the benefits, some of those benefits. And in a moment, we're going to show you a simple way to, to get some info on that. And there are some specific things you're going to be hearing about in a moment as far as how you could plug in if you, if you choose to, if you'd like to. We don't want you to feel all this pressure to, he, he's making us do this. He's going to lock the doors. We're not going to do anything like that. And so, uh, but we just want to make it really simple for you to know how to, how to plug in. Here's some next steps you can see at the bottom of your listening guide. Three. The first one is just check out the current service opportunities and sign up to serve. You're going to hear about that step in just a moment. Second is express appreciation to someone who serves. If you benefit from someone that you know just serves faithfully, or maybe take the time to show appreciation, saying thank you, write a card. If, you, there's, if there's someone that what they do really just is a blessing to you, to your family, um, that encourages them, I'm sure. Ask God another one for humility before arriving to serve on a Sunday. The reason we need to do this 
is because some days can be extra long and difficult. Sometimes things go wrong and, and we just gotta really work hard and pull it together and sometimes you show up and the team is, a lot of people are sick and so you're, you're one of the only ones and the job needs to get done and so just asking God, God will you prepare me for whatever's in store today as I serve? I, I'm just gonna need to depend on you and humble myself as a servant here. And, um, I've asked John McWhorter to come up right now and to share he, he's one of the pastors on our staff. He's responsible for managing our volunteer force. And he, he's going to come up and just kind of close this morning's message with a few specific updates, kind of share some ways uh, to get more involved in this area. So, All right. Thanks, Josh. Yep. So just um, by way of a, a quick update, letting you know of, of how you can plug in and get involved. I want to invite you to pull out this volunteer guide we put in your program today. Uh, something that's been neat about being around here at the church for for a couple years, just recently on staff, but God continues to bless the ministry here as we try to stay on mission, uh, and we see more people. We see more people on Sundays, which is a great blessing. It's fun to be a part of. More and more people are hearing about Jesus Christ. But what that does is that it expands the needs of every Sunday morning and other times during the week, and which is great. It's more and more opportunity to serve. So what we try to do is respond to what God is doing as we stay on mission. Respond to that by maybe updating what teams we, we need or, or how many people we need on each team. So we've updated this volunteer guide. It's a, an overview of all of the teams. Um, and then on the back there's some more and, and even some more detail of other areas uh, where people are serving. But I wanted to just... Make this available to you. I'm not going to read through all of it and go line by line. I do want to highlight, though, a few things uh, from here and, and just about our teams and the, the current state, state of our teams, I guess you could call this a uh, little section. But uh, I'm a numbers guy, so here's I'm going to throw out some quick numbers at you. So you might love this or hate this. I'll try to keep it brief. But we really have eight unique um, teams. And, and actually, some teams are within those eight, just kind of eight unique areas where you could serve. Uh, three of those are first serve teams. And what we mean by first serve teams is there's really no prerequisite to jump in and, and begin serving in, in some of those areas. I'll highlight those in a second. And then the other five, they may have some sort of commitment required or prerequisite. For example, you might need to be a member of the church before doing one of those things. Or in kids zone, a background check is required to work with our kids and different things like that. So it's not necessarily jump in Anybody, anytime. But we do have a lot of opportunities for you to jump in. Um, serving opportunities, this guide shows you all of them. Let me just highlight a couple of things. Um, on our facilities team, we have currently about 19 volunteers on the, actively on the roster. It kind of takes a dip over the summer when people, you know, have trips or students leave. We could fill that team, or we could easily have 35 people on that team. So there's a gap there for about 16 more people. Uh, so if you're drawn to construction or working with your hands or helping things go, uh, we could easily find room for 16 people on that. First impressions, Josh mentioned, uh, the greeters. We also have a side of that team that uh, extrovertedness is not required. There's some behind-the-scenes stuff, logistics stuff. Um, so you might be into into that. But we have 
have uh, several people on that team that serve faithfully. We could use probably six or seven or eight more easily to plug in on that team. Refreshments, you enjoyed probably, you know, the yummy coffee or, or lemonade. Um, but that requires quite a few people to, to first set that up and then to maintain it all morning. Uh, so we could use probably ten people to fill in some of the holes we have at different times of the morning on the refreshments team. And there are others. Uh, there's other needs. And, and, and let me say two more things. First, there's a response card or an information card in this guide. So on the far right, there's a detachable part where you could request more information. You are not signing up for a team by filling that out. We'd, we would just love to know if you're interested in a team. So you can drop that in the offering basket or, or bring it to the Get Involved table after service. These are going to be available uh, from now on, just at that back table. So today is not the only chance. Feel free to, to read through this and, and think on it. And then the last thing I want to say is we, we want to make these opportunities known and available to you, not just because uh, we need the help. I mean, it's true, we need the help. You saw the video, and, and it requires a lot. Um, but, but what we want to do is make it easy for you to access all of the benefits of serving the Lord that we've talked through today. We don't want to block anybody or make it a mystery. How do I get in and, and build relationships? And how do I become a part of blessing other people? And how do I tap into something that goes beyond me and lasts for eternity? We just want to make this available to you to know. So there, like Josh said, there's no pressure. We don't want to guilt anybody. But if the Lord is putting it on your heart to jump in somewhere, either now or in the future, this is going to be available. And we just want to be clear on, on how you can join us uh, in serving. And so we really know that God blesses those that serve because of the example of Jesus and, and how highly God values this on Sundays and throughout the week. So let me pray as we close our time and and then we'll sing another song together. Dear God, we thank you for your word. We thank you for how it speaks to us today. It's not just uh, stories of old that, that are inspiring. They are, but they also speak to us today in our current situation. Uh, your love today is the same as it was in the stories of the Bible. And we thank you for your love for us and your care. God, you've given us a way to tap into something that goes beyond just our lives here. Uh, not only through serving, but God, just by knowing you and, and obeying uh, your words, doing life the way you've designed it to be, you really give us a chance to get beyond ourselves and, and experience so much blessing in this life. So today, God, I pray that you would allow this message to land on every heart how you want it to. Let us hear your message this morning and, and respond and, and work it into our lives this week and today. Um, God, again, it's amazing how much you love us and how much you want to bless us and give us a full life. And we thank you for that. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.